Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Human Octane. If you're the kind of person who pushes the limit, then you've got to check out Human Octane Apparel. Training and racing apparel designed by OCR athletes, and these guys just get it. Everything they make drives lightning fast, has zippered pockets, is abrasion resistant in high contact areas without bulky padding. I've gotten to know these guys, and trust me, they're going to out-innovate the competition when it comes to OCR gear. Check them out at humanoctane.com. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, folks, once again, I have the profound pleasure of bringing back my old friend, Dr. Steve Capobianco. And, you know, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I have a tendency to bring people back that I have respect for, where education is concerned. And I know that a lot of you folks come to my show simply because you enjoy the little tidbits of information I share with you in respect to keeping yourself out of harm's way while you're training and racing. And I uh, reached out to Steve just recently because I saw an advertisement come out for Rock Tape's new product, which is called Rock Floss. And as soon as I saw it, I reached out to Steve and I said, Steve, I got to talk to you about this Rock Floss. We got to do a show. And he said, yep, let's do it. He goes, I'm sending you some floss right now. And I got my box, and I just can't wait to share this with you because I think you're going to get a kick out of it. Steve, say hello to folks. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back again, bud. I appreciate it. Hey, you know, it's it's always a pleasure to have you on. You always are a wealth of information. And incidentally, last we spoke, we were talking about the instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization. I got certified by you folks. Really, really enjoyed that course. Just what an eye-opener that was and what a great time it was to interact with these uh, sports medicine professionals and learn about the the technique of using that rock blade was just really cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, I, I have to tell you, I I bring that thing around. I, I'm starting to look like Batman. I've got this like <laughs> utility belt with the tape and the you know and the and the blade on there, and it's like now I got the 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 floss. I, I'm I'm a one-man fix-it guy now. I think we need to get uh, the rock tape fanny pack for you uh, so you can start stacking it with, with all of the goodies. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I show up someplace and anymore, people are like, hey, yeah, I got this little thing here. What do you, what do you, can, you, 
It's kind of funny. And, and do, you know what? You don't want to ever, ever in public start to work on somebody because then a line forms up. Absolutely. You know, they're like, hey. And I'm like, who are you? I said, well, I'm next. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. What do you mean you're next? Uh-huh. You know, so anyway. So let's break it out for me now. Talk to me about this rock floss and how you guys got into it, why you got into it, and what you feel are the benefits of its use. Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, let's start off with uh, what it is. Uh, Rock Floss is, yeah, as you said, is our newest addition to our arsenal of products that we offer. And, and if you know the company, I guess most people know the company, I should say, as a taping company, but we really pride ourselves as a movement company. And in saying that, what we wanted to do is provide our following uh, with the tools that are necessary to improve our movement capacity. Uh, so this is just another one that we wanted to add to the, um, to the toolbox. And what it is, it, uh, it's a seven foot long rubber latex band. Uh, and it's used to apply a compressional force. So you wrap it on your body uh, around joints, around muscle bellies uh, to be able to add a compressional force to the tissue and what that does is theoretically, and I'll, I'll expand on what I mean by that. So what we can speculate right now without very much empirical evidence is that it improves range of motion. I'll talk about that. It improves um, the joint mechanics, uh, how the joints move, how they work is, a, is another theory. Um, it decreases swelling um, and it improves proprioception. That's the one that I probably would lean on most. It fits well into our uh, model of approach when it comes to our all of our education from tape to, to tools to corrective exercise uh, uh, tools that we have. Ultimately, by adding an input to the to the body via the skin and fascial system, uh, we can improve its proprioception. And there's a trickle-down effect. Uh, maybe I should say it. Yeah, I guess I'd call it a trickle-down effect that improves the ability to move and helps to decrease pain. So ultimately it's a band that wraps tissue. It uh, has been shown to improve range of motion, improve joint mechanics, improve swelling, and then improve proprioception. Okay, cool. So I know a lot of the folks in my audience have trouble with ankles and there's, they're bombing down a mountain, twist an ankle. They get swelling if they're lucky sprain strain if they're not so lucky and then they want to get back in the game and so i envision this as a tool that would be excellent in the reduction of swelling or inflammation and in the course of doing that start to draw down on the pain and assuming that once things are not acute by this type of treatment you start going through some range of motion drills and you start to improve the mobility and uh, just overall movement of the, of the of the joint. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, I I think this is a great one. We you and I have had this discussion before when we talked about our instrument assisted tools, the blades, and I know we talked about it in respect to tape. So it's a it's a conversation that we keep uh, discussing because it's a big deal in your following with the OCR athletes is that. 
the swelling that occurs after an inversion or a rolling of your ankle uh, is a problem. It causes pain. It decreases your ability to move. It uh, limits your um, your capacity. And so we're always looking at ways of speeding your recovery from an injury like that. And so we talked about tape that uses a decompressive effect. So it pulls the skin and fascia away and has been shown to speed the swelling control and, and, and limit that phase of recovery so you can get back to the activity that you want to do. Then we brought out the instruments. The instruments use a mechanical means where we use the contours of the instrument to be able to push fluid out of an area. And now we're bringing the rock floss to be able to do the same thing using a compressional band where, you know, it's not really that far out. If you start thinking about it, we've been using ACE bandages forever is that you wrap the structure from the distal end the around the toes and you milk the, the inflammation that's congesting the area from low to high uh, using this band. Um, and it's been shown to adequately uh, remove the amount of congestion around the area to speed that phase of recovery. Because uh, I think we had this discussion as well, is that should you be using ice or heat? You know, what is most appropriate for that phase of recovery? And there's lots of opinion on either side, and there's some science on either side as well. But if we could just think about this as a mechanical uh, uh, adjustment where we could use the band to be able to push fluid out of an area, we really don't even have to consider ice or heat. We just use the mechanics of the band to be able to push fluid out of an area and speed recovery. Right. So the downside of ice is that it does inhibit the potential for healing. Correct. And the downside for heat is it encourages more inflammation. Which can cause more pain, which is, is, a, is an issue as well. So there's, there's, there's benefits of both and limitations of both. And when it comes to the band, we really take those two off the table and say, let's manage inflammation, not get rid of inflammation, but let's manage it so it doesn't get uh, to be excessive like we typically see, which is that balloon effect around the ankle. So we want to manage it, but not not restrict it. And that's really the, the benefit of using something that's mechanical like floss or tools. Yeah. And I would imagine, and I'm trying to speculate here as we're talking, but I would imagine that just using those traditional uh, modalities of ice, heat, whatever, you're really not getting as much or as efficient a transport of that edema or pooling in that region as you would had you used that compression effectively, right? Yeah, the speculation is correct. And I've been in practice for 15 years. We, we teach across the world uh, on our models of approach, and we talk about you know mechanisms and uh, what which techniques are most successful anecdotally in practice. And by far the mechanical means of, of swelling control are much faster in response than a heating or cooling uh, system. Yeah. And so, so for those folks that are freaking out right now going, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to use ice. I'm not supposed to use heat. Now the timing is really the issue with, with ice or heat, just to make sure that people understand that, you want to put ice on when you first run into an is issue, when you when you develop this inflammation and you want to try to reduce it. But after uh, the first bout, the first little go round with the ice, it's pretty much off the table. Is a value to you? Is that pretty correct? I would lean in that direction. Yes. Yeah. And so, ideally, what we're looking at here is this compression would serve 
as an opportunity to get rid of this inflammation, which is also going to reduce the, the, the pain and then ultimately get you back to game sooner. Correct. That's exactly how we like to use it. And so we're not taking heat nor ice off the table. We're using this as an adjunct to that, to, to those mechanisms, but uh, we can, we have shown and we do see it in practice that we can speed the process by the addition of the rock floss to the, uh, to the equation. So I'm already in my mind, I'm looking at this as steps and first step when it's, when it's acute, when things come around, somebody just comes up and says, Oh man, I just jacked up my ankle and they're presenting with a bunch of inflammation. Mm -hmm. We probably elevate it and ice it. And then once things settle down a little bit, we go after it with the floss. And once we get the floss off them, we go after them with the blade to get a little more fine tuning, get off the blade. And then we go ahead and tape it to support what we've done. You got it, my brother. <laughs> See what That's you've it. done to me? Yeah, I know. But it, it does add to it, to the, you know, to the fanny pack, so to speak, of what you yeah. have to bring to the table. But, but your athletes, as well as my patient athletes, you know, love the fact that we are using whatever we have under our scope of practice to be able to help someone get to the next stage of recovery and performance. So, uh, that's what we stand behind when it comes to rock tape. And I just, I've been screaming at the top of my lungs for you know quite some time saying we need to bring this up to the table because it's such a great tool to be able to use with very little risk. Let me add to that is that there's, there's not much empirical, empirical evidence that, that communicates all of the mechanisms of approach, but uh, we do see it um, anecdotally. And I have not seen, and I've been using this product for well over gosh, seven or eight years now, and I've not seen a negative response. As long as you take the necessary steps to be able to uh, screen out people that are allergic to latex, and that's the only um, contraindication that I could think of that would limit me from using this on someone is that someone has an obvious latex allergy to uh, a, a latex uh, um, allergy, then I wouldn't be using this product. Uh, there are some on the market that apparently are non-latex, but uh, typically not very good in respect to delivering the, the compression. But uh, but that's the only contraindication that I can think of. So risks are pretty low. Okay. Now, I think it's also important to talk about how long the treatment should last. So in yeah. other words, if I apply this to my foot ankle, what's the timelines about two minutes that you keep it on before you take it off? Yeah, and that, that's the one thing, and I'm glad you brought that up, is that the one thing that I've noticed when it comes to this product, this, this category of product, because there are other products on the market, is that generally you get a product that's in a, you know, a Ziploc bag, and you just have to figure out how to use it. So where do most people get their information from is the Internet, and they'll go to YouTube, and they'll enter in something into Google and expect a reputable uh, answer and they're all across the board. So we're not getting very good instruction of how to use this uh, effectively and safely. And so what we wanted to do when it came to rock tape was to develop uh, a good product that is in alignment with what this category is delivering. And I think we did that. And secondly, make sure that it's accompanied by a lot of good education to say, here's how uh, you could use it safely and effectively. Uh, and I'll explain that. And we have instructions in each of our boxes that we, that we um, send. 
And we also have videos and instructional uh, posters online as well that are part of our website that are consistent with our message. So the basic instructions are uh, wrap the area uh, towards the heart uh, with mild to moderate compression, meaning what you can tolerate for one to two minutes. So once the joint and or muscle belly is wrapped to a level that you can tolerate, then you're going to move the segment uh, as best you can in a pain-free range of motion. Uh, here's how I explain it. Let's go back to the ankle. I would wrap the ankle from low to high, meaning starting at the toes, moving up uh, over the ankle and towards the lower leg. And then once it's wrapped, I'm going to start moving. I will do one minute of what they call open chain movement, which is non-weight-bearing movement. So I'm sitting on a chair, and I'm just going to be moving the ankle into like a, I call it the gas pedal movement, so dorsiflexion and plantar flexion. You can do some range of motions in, in a circular fashion in both directions. And then once that one minute is done, if able, I get the person to weight-bear. So I have them weight-bear. I can simply have them walk up and down a hallway uh, for a minute. I can have them do uh, toe or heel lifts off of the edge of a step. I can have them lunge, squat, all the movements that would require the ankle to go through a range of motion, as long as that person at that point of their recovery is able to do so. Um, and then once that's done, there's the two minutes, I remove it, and that's the recommended length of time that the band should be on your body. Very well done. Mm -hmm. Now. Uh, let's get off the the injury thing for a minute. Let's talk mm -hmm. about performance. Now, yeah. we're talking about, aside from just trying to mitigate injury issues, we can also improve uh, range of motion, and you suggested um, proprioception. Yeah. So if you were to do kind of a preparatory uh, loading with this or uh, compression with this tool, you can enhance functionality. Let's just kind of talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so uh, both, and so this is something that uh, our company's uh, expanded on in respect to our uh, model of approach is that we believe that we have tools to prepare the body, to perform, and to recover. So the spectrum of, of, uh, of your performance needs a preparatory phase and a recovery phase, and this is where we feel this product kind of fits best is that it, it, it's a great tool to prepare the body to perform and to help recover. So let's start off with preparation. When it comes to preparation, we want to prime the system the best we can. And one way of doing so is to improve your proprioception. Uh, I also call that prediction. So to improve our, our ability to predict the next activity that we're going to do. And what that means is that the more we can feed the brain with information of where our body's in space, the better it will perform. So if we have a, an old ankle injury, going back to that, it's been well proven that the um, uh, ligaments in the area become injured and it decreases the proprioception of the ankle, which decreases our ability to move because we don't have good sense of where it is in space. So we want to do everything and anything we can to improve that function. We can do that by rubbing the area with our hand. We could do that with a strip of tape on the, on the skin. We can do that with a tool and now we can now add the rock floss to stimulate receptors in the skin and fashion and muscles to be able to feed the brain saying, this is where I am in space, which will help its ability to perform uh, the necessary movements. So that's the proprioception angle. Um, it's been also shown through the compression, we create a compressional force, which creates a shear. 
Um, most mobility issues, the lack of mobility issues that we see are not necessarily in the tissue itself. It's between layers of tissue. So the skin tacking down or Velcroing on the fascia, the fascia Velcroing to the muscle or the ligament or tendon, and they can't glide amongst each other. So this compressional tool using rock floss creates a shearing effect. And then you moving through non-weight bearing and weight bearing movement with the band on helps those tissues to glide and free up the Velcroing effect. So that's, that helps with mobility. Um, so we have a proprioceptive tool. We have a mobility tool uh, to help improve your performance for whatever you're going to be doing. And those same things can be used in recovery to be able to manage your recovery along with the swelling control that we talked about earlier. You know, this conversation we're having now, I just touched on this at pretty great length with Dr. Emily. Yeah. And, and we were discussing the muscle tuning theory of mm-hmm. Dr. Nig, which is about preactivation, right? And, it, and it functionally what we we're speaking of was ground contact and how the mechanoreceptors and the afferent information kind of come to play to basically teach the body what to do, dampen vibration, such and such. So you're basically saying the same thing, right? Yes, absolutely. So mechanoreceptors are like keys on a keyboard, and these keys communicate with the central processing unit, and we can say that that's our brain. So what, what Emily talks about in respect to foot barrel receptors, the receptors in the bottom of our foot, communicate with the brain of where we are in space, which changes your ability to move. We believe that you could do the same thing with tools and tape and rock floss. So by creating some type of stimulus to the tissue, the skin, the fascia, with those tools, we stimulate these receptors, these keys, and they communicate with the brain. And the brain does what it does. It says, well, you're telling me that I need to activate. You're telling me that I need to relax. The brain makes the motor, creates the motor command. The tissue, the, the tools don't. So really, we're just providing information for the brain to make a better decision, and that's where prediction comes in. It becomes a better predictor if you give it the right information. So that's really where all of our tools live is in this idea of mechanically distorting tissue to be able to provide the brain with more information so it can make a better decision. It's amazing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. To me, it does. I mean, it's a fascinating topic. And I was just thinking that uh, I even shared with Emily, one of my tricks to try to get people to understand this whole potential for this preactivation mm-hmm. is I'll walk up to them and, say, and let them know, I'm going to punch you in the stomach, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the first thing they do is they contract their abdominal wall. So this is preactivation. They're preparing for the ensuing impact, right? Right. So in essence, there is this, and I mean, that's sensory information that's coming from the eyes, I'd imagine, but... At the end of the day, the mechanical receptors in the skin are communicating and hopefully getting information to the brain so the brain can respond and, and ignite the appropriate responses, right? Right. And if you, you attach that with, and there's this, this goes down a rabbit hole that we're probably not prepared for, and I'm not even sure if I'm prepared for it, but <laughs> I, I talk a lot, a lot about this, is that we're attaching a tool that we have implied is going to make a specific effect on someone's function. Um, and we know that there's 
some evidence that we can extrapolate from the research to say that, yes, it does stimulate mechanoreceptors. It does have an, this effect on your proprioception. It, it, it has an effect on swelling. And so we say these things to the patient. We have to admit that there, there is a placebo effect. There's a perception now that the patient and athlete that we're putting this on is now saying, well, I believe in this person that's putting this on me. I believe in what they're telling me. So there's, there's an effect that we have to accept, and I call it guided placebo, meaning that I'm guiding them with, with education and information that, that confirms that uh, they should believe in it. So there, there's a buy-in, and that buy-in helps that individual to move to the next, ne next step. So uh, I don't want to take placebo off the table because I, I don't think we can, um, and I don't want to deter or move away from placebo because I think it's an important co uh, competitive edge that athletes use every day. Um, you know, I grew up wearing the same uh, skates for years playing ice hockey because I just knew that these skates were my lucky pair of skates. They were ragged and falling apart, but I would not switch them out because I had that perception that these were going to take me to the next level. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there is that we can't take that off the table when it comes to a, any of the tools that we use. Well, perception is an interesting concept because I, I deal with perception all the time. And what I really do is I'm the prevention guy. I'm trying to get people to move better so that we don't have to have these discussions about injuries. Great point. And, but the perception of it all is I'm asking them to change to do something that's contrary to what they're accustomed to doing, and they have to believe me, and believing me is part of the deal. So I wear people out with moronic analogies, uh, <laughs> trying to explain what it is I'm trying to get them to wrap their head around so that they can get into a better place, so that they move more efficiently, perform better, and reduce the potential for injury. But you know, even in the course of doing that, when someone has the perception that they're doing something that in fact they are not doing and then they injure themselves, they can lean back to, well, he told me to do this and since I've done it, I've hurt myself, mm -hmm. where in fact they're not doing what I told them to do. <laughs> they just think they're doing what I told them to do, right? right? So uh, I deal in perception all the time. A lot of times just in, in gait analysis, I'll say, pick your knee up and people feel like their knees are in their throats when they're running. And then I'll video it for them and show them and now, now I got empirical evidence to show that, in fact, that wasn't what they perceived it to be. And then they could wrap their head around it, and we, we move on to bigger and better things. But I, I, it, the, the whole topic of this really fascinates me, always has. And, you know, I, I hope I live long enough to learn more about this. Um, that sounds kind of morbid, didn't it? <laughs> well, it, it's just it's something that I, I just had to come to accept is that, yeah, being in this taping space, if you will, I'm always challenged by the, the naysayers saying, well, it's just a placebo. And then I, I always turn it back on that individual, and, and I just like to see what their response is going to be, is that do you think placebo matters uh, to the individual that you're working with? So we're talking about an athlete, uh, and they, and you say that this is just a placebo effect, but that placebo effect turned out to give them – you know, 15 extra watts on the bike or decrease their split times by eight seconds. Like the, the, the placebo effect is real and it has 
has an effect on someone's performance. And it also has an effect on someone's pain perception in, in my world, for example. So I, I think there's, lo- there's plenty of evidence to indicate that the more we educate our athletes and our patients, um, that education, that, uh, that knowledge, I should say, can lean towards improvements in performance and in pain outcomes. If I can attach a tool to that to make that knowledge real in their bodies by stimulating these mechanoreceptors, I don't know why that is wrong. I don't know why people consider that negative. Um, so I, I, I'm always challenged by that conversation, and I always come back and say, do you think it really matters to the person you're working with? And they, they say, well, absolutely it matters. And I said, that's all I really care about. As long as it's safe and efficient, uh, and I could use it in conjunction to uh, my education of my patient, I think it's a great tool to use. That's what I stand behind. That's what we use in, in respect to our education is like we accept the idea of placebo uh, as a as a tool that we could use to advance someone's performance and and pain perception. Well, every double blind study compares the effect of whatever they're testing, and the outcome is always there's some relevant placebo response to mm-hmm. the, to the to the research. And so I think that people look at that with a negative connotation because they're looking at that as it, you didn't do anything. And, yeah, there was a little bit of benefit from it. But I, I, I have to tell you that you know me. You've known me for a long time now. And I've been applying tape to athletes for quite a long time. I mean, I don't know how many years ago it was that, that we first got together for my running coach certification. Yeah, eight or nine, probably eight, eight years ago, I bet you. Yeah, well, I've been taping athletes ever since mm-hmm. and even prior to. And I know aside from placebo effect, that I'm getting result. I mean, I'm getting quantifiable result where reduction of inflammation and range of motion improves and things like this. I get it all the time. I mean, I am constantly putting tape on people. And that's uh, talk about somebody that's been drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, I went straight up into that instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization with open arms, and, and I've been applying that technique to people now. And I just, to me, it's a necessary adjunct to what I do because most of the clients I see, well, a good good percentage of them that I see come to me because they're frustrated with injury and pain. And what I'm really trying to do is try to get after what is leading them towards that pain as opposed to trying to be, you know, a, a medical practitioner that's trying to deal in pain and deal in in recovery, mm-hmm. I'm just like uh, trying to throw band-aids on folks, right? To get them into a place where we could go to work on them. I mean, clearly, if they get into some serious trouble, I always refer the the individual to a medical practitioner. I know my bounds, but um, I've just found that over the years, I've had really good success in the work I've done with people that I that I've applied all these treatments to. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this, like when the blade came out and they're going, well, I don't know, I think you have to have, be a licensed practitioner. To, and I said, Steve, they won't let me have one. He goes, yeah, now you, you can have one. <laughs> yeah, and I think it just comes down to doing exactly what you described, is understanding where your scope is and what you're trying to accomplish. And then when, when you feel like it's outside of your uh, uh, scope of practice, then you refer to the appropriate um, 
professional. And I think that that idea of I, they, a lot of people call that multidisciplinary. I call it transdisciplinary, meaning that you just need to understand who's part of your team uh, to be able to optimize the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. And so uh, having the right team uh, in your network is critical. And I always tell people that find your network so then you have that on speed dial, so to speak, so at, any time, at any specific time. Cool. So uh, I'm assuming that you guys are going to probably roll out some education behind this as well? Yeah. So we are uh, going to have some online education. We're going to be incorporating it into a couple of our current uh, education offerings, uh, including our rock tape or, excuse me, our FMT performance, which is our performance taping course that we offer. It's going to be a component of that training as well as that we're going to be offering it to our rock blades or instrument assisted, which in effect rock floss isn't another instrument that we could use to assist soft tissue mobilization. So that's going to be an addition to our new blades course. Cool. Mm-hmm. So did you say you're doing online education? We're going to be doing some online education as well. So starting in the, the end of this year, we're going to launch it. But the beginning of next year, it'll be you know active is that we're going to start having some online education for these types of discussions of where we could use uh, rock floss for ankle inversion sprains, how we could use instruments for shoulder range of motion enhancement, like things like that. So we'll have a short one-hour, two-hour little clinics that we're going to be offering in the near future. Wow, that's cool stuff. I'm excited. Yeah, I would imagine. Probably cut down on your travel a little bit. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, speaking of travel, you and I, before we got on, we discussed the potential of me coming out to Denver to your place. Yeah, yeah. I think we should tell people that. I want. I, I think this is a great time for us to, to have that discussion. Is tell your following that well, I have a facility in Denver, Colorado called Project Move. It's, uh, it's southwest of Denver, and it's a large uh, facility that is all based around uh, human movement and how we can enhance human movement. And uh, I've been wanting to provide a, um, an educational system for my OCR athletes in my area and in my facility. And you are the guy that I want to, to conduct it. So, um, so I'd like to offer something in, you know, within the next year. And, uh, so I just wanted to throw it out to your following. If you have interest, you know, reach out to Richard, uh, Rich, reach out to me and I'm more than happy to make this happen. Well, let's throw some dates around it. Maybe we should start talking. Um, we're talking the winter might work since it's indoor. Maybe uh, January. Uh, I'm all over it. Uh, it's it, The facility is large enough to be able to do all the drills that you want to do. We have a great testing facility that uh, Richard and I talked about before we got online here that would allow you to get some uh data um, before we you know jump into the off season so there's there's some opportunity here so January sounds good to me so we could put that as the initial place marker and see what uh, what type of response we get excellent and now uh, what we didn't talk about it's all always the ugly part of it is what does it cost for some of this floss the floss uh, gosh you put me on the spot uh, I should know this um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna revert to, to have you go to the website, uh, I, I would probably miss, mess it up, uh, unfortunately. So I'm going to ask you to go to the website, rocktape.com, look up rock floss, and you'll see the cost for the two inch and four inch. So we have two different sizes. Traditionally, floss comes in two inch. Well, I wanted to add uh, a larger 
band for larger areas of the body. And uh, so we have two different sizes that we offer with uh, instructions in each of the boxes. But, but pricing, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to get heck for this, but I haven't, I haven't got a clue. No worries. But I think uh, probably the four inch is something for larger regions like uh, quadricep, thing like that. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, look, Steve, uh, looks like we've got a date. We're going to try to work on something around January. Awesome. Uh, we'll get together on it. And uh, that's assuming I survive my 65th birthday in Mexico in de- December. That's good, but it's my birthday today. I want to make sure that. Oh, uh, happy that birthday, you, man! Thanks, brother. Uh, I'm I'm 45, and I'm I'm feeling. Uh, I just did a half Ironman two weeks ago, and then I'm feeling every bit of 45 because my my body isn't recovering like it used to. But I've been throwing out these tools that I, we've been talking about, and lo and behold, I'm getting better than than I was yesterday. So I'm excited about uh, the next step. So I saw I would, the post. I saw the post that you did that half. And, yeah, that half. Uh, you know, you're a big guy too, and yeah. it, it's expensive to go out there and do a, a half Ironman with all that weight, isn't it? That's right. Two two twenty five is not an easy body to move around oh, 70, 70, 70. 70. 70. 70. <laughs> 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. I did an Olympic distance in Malibu, and the ocean was just nasty. It was a, a storm came up from Mexico, oh. and there was all kinds of rip tides. And the, a swim that would traditionally have taken me less than 27 minutes took me 44 minutes. Wow. Yeah, and I was beat down. I was so beat down, and I uh, I said, done. I am so done. <laughs> I don't need to do this to myself anymore. Well, I, I appreciate you still doing it, so keep it up. Yeah. And um, I, one more thing I want to add to your yeah. following, because I yeah. want to make sure that talking about our education, and I, I'm hoping to God you're going to be there, but Rockstock is going to be in SoCal September 22nd and 23rd. It's our yearly movement summit that we have. We've been hosting it at Project Move in Denver for the last few years, but it just it just got bigger, um, too big for us to handle. And so now it's uh, now it's in SoCal. So please come if you want to learn about uh, anything to do with, with movement, in particular breathing. That's going to be our main focus this year. So consider uh, if you guys are, have interest of in coming to uh, get some great learning on and having some fun with us at Rockstock in Huntington Beach, California. That's September 22nd? And 23rd, yep. 22nd and 23rd. It sounds like an invitation. It is an invitation for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to try to make it. I, I, I'm trying to think what's on my schedule. I know I'm doing a clinic on the 10th, but the following week I, I should be all right. But I would love, I saw it. So they could find information about that on your site as well, right? On our website. Just look up Rockstock. Rockstock on mm-hmm. rocktape.com. Correct. Excellent. Steve, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited about getting some uh, experience with this this floss and uh, I think as soon as we get off the phone here I'm going to wrap my ankle okay bud it's great talking to you once again all right you too well friends it's time to bring another show to a close be sure and tune in to us next week we've got a lot of great content in store for you I want you to tell your friends to check us out you can always find us on Facebook simply go search the natural running network drop us a message I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. 
And until then, you have an amazing day. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.